I will meet you in the gospel of Mark. I've been doing my podcast in Mark now for the entirety of 2023, my daily podcast. And so Mark has really come alive to me in this calendar year. With that said, I'm really only going to read uh, a couple of verses from Mark, and then we're going to move into the Pauline letters. What I want to do tonight is sort of lay out a trilogy of spots in the New Testament, Mark chapter 5. I want to lay out a trilogy of spots in the New Testament, and I, I don't want to play here a verse, there a verse, you know, everywhere a verse, verse, because that's kind of, you know, here, here's one, here's one, here's one, and, and let's just throw them up here and see what happens, because I don't think that's the right way to treat the text. But I do think that the Bible has cohesive message. It speaks to us. If we we'll watch for it, you have Jesus saying something, you have Paul reinforcing it, you have Paul reinforcing Paul. Sometimes John reinforces Paul. You know how that works. We're going to do a little bit of that tonight on a topic that... Um, if I were to title this something, I would title it, I believe in. Um, I believe in what? I believe in who? That's really what I want to get down to the bottom of. Because I believe in is an expression of faith. And I hope you realize you're in, you are in a faith and you have expressions of that faith. What you're doing tonight is an expression of your faith. Okay? It's an expression of your faith because you have a common belief in, in a Jesus that's as real in him as it is in her. That he, Jesus, is alive in you and alive in me, and that makes us linked. Whether we like it, say this right, whether we like each other or not. And, and I mean that in a way that's beyond like mere habits and, and preferences and taste. But that what links us is not our skin, our gender, our language, our nation, nationality, uh, uh, our, 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 our local culture, our geography. That does in some extent, to some extent, but not entirely. But we're linked by something much deeper. By, by a faith that you and I share, believing in something. And this is why I think this is spectacular that roots us all the way back to a resurrected Jesus. Through 2,000 years of human history across the globe and, and different languages and different skin tones and different cultures that reaches us through the Christian family all the way back to a resurrected Christ. And that's what links you and I together. So we, what we're doing here tonight is just an expression of it. It's not the only expression of it. It's an expression. If you can get used to saying it as this is our expression of it, then you won't be judgmental of the way other people do church. So you won't look at other churches and go, ah, that's a terrible way to do it. How do you know? That's an expression of the faith. It might not be ideal. It might not be yours. And, and honestly, sometimes the expressions of the faith might be more stumbling block than help. You know, I mean, I've been in places where I thought, I don't know if this isn't doing worse for the kingdom than better. You know, I, I'm not going to get up and throw a rock into the middle of the pond here, but I don't want to come here every week. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to worship like this. But that doesn't mean it's not an expression of faith that's relevant to someone. So when I can start to think that way, it eases me up on trying to police the church, police the gospel, police ministries, and get back to the core of what matters to us, which is what we believe. Because what we believe is important. I know we're in an era where, you know, it's like you believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. You stay off my back, I'll stay off yours. I actually think that's a pretty good way to get, to get along in society. I really do. You think what you think. I'll think what I think. If you don't beat me up, I don't, I don't beat you up with my thoughts. You don't beat me up with your thoughts. We can get along. Like, I can live right next to you and not agree with anything you believe in. But if you don't, you know, burn my property down, knock stuff over, you'll never hear from me on what how I feel about how you feel, right? None of this. I don't, I don't need this. I think societally that's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. You believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. When it comes to believing in Christ, it comes to believing in the tenets of our faith, it's not merely, well, you believe about him what you want to believe, and then we believe about him what we want to believe. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're reaching back and believing in the one Christ Jesus, but we're having to wrestle with what that looks like through all the filters of the stuff we've lived through. So you're bringing your whole past into the room. You bring your whole life into your faith. And you're having to reach through and cut through all of that stuff to get back to belief in Him. So I believe in, I don't just want to land in what I believe in tonight. 
I want to land in who I believe in. It's the opening line of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. Why do we say I believe in? And why don't we say we believe in? Because as much as we believe, at the end of the day, faith is something you wrestle out. So faith is something that you deal with in your life that you have to come up with, I believe in Him. And so let me start with Jesus. Beautiful place to start. Mark chapter 5. I want to just build a slow case for what belief might look like. 535. And in this story, Jesus has just restored to life. Um, well, is about to restore to life Jairus' daughter. He's just healed the woman with the issue of blood. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter's dead. Why do you trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. And I want to, if you have a pen and you're an underliner, I'm an old school underliner. I always like to underline stuff. Only believe. Maybe you can use the little highlight feature on your phone or whatever. Man, don't miss those two words. Only believe. Jesus' challenge in the midst of chaos, only believe. Hey, your daughter's dead. By the way, there's not a... I cannot fathom the pain that hits that man in this moment. Don't bother the master. Your daughter's dead. I'm not even going to act like I can understand what that feels like. And I don't, I'm not even going to say any more for someone who may have lost a child or someone that close to them. So you can imagine the pain. You know it. There it is. In bright color, someone saying to, 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 to this man, she's gone. And then Jesus' response then, don't be scared. Only believe. In the middle of your chaotic moment and the worst news you've ever received, only believe. Only believe in what? And if we're believing in stuff, we're going to be scared right here. And if we're believing in stuff, we might confuse this moment because this isn't about the stuff he believes in. This is about the who he believes in. Only believe. Believe what? Only believe in me. Only believe that I'm the answer for this. And if your only believe stops and starts right here, watch what can happen. And of course, we know what happens. Jesus goes back to the house and he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. But for purposes of our guy, he gets two words to live by. Only believe. And I think it's the two words that can motivate and move us. Go to Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to add two Paul passages to this sermon. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. We have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. What was written, Paul proceeds to quote Psalms 116.10, I believed and therefore I spoke. The same spirit of faith that operated in the psalmist, Paul says, is operating in me. And just as the psalmist said, I believed and therefore I spoke, I also believe and therefore I speak. And so for Paul, believing is not just mental. Believing is speaking out what you believe or attaching yourself to what you believe. So it's not something you can square away and put in a closet and leave alone. I believe this, but that's my Sunday me. You know, my Sunday me believes this, but then I go out here and and then I live this way. And by the way, that's become pretty commonplace for Christianity among a lot of people. Is I, I believe in a Jesus that, that works on Sunday. I, I, I go praise him and I give to the church and I do the churchy thing. But then I'm going to go do what I got to do to get by during the week. I'm going to go out back into the system of the world and I'm going to do that thing. But then I'm going to come back and pick Jesus up. And so Paul challenges us to say, we believe, therefore we speak. So what comes out of my mouth is direct reflection of what I believe. And so if I believe this enough, then I'm going to talk like it. It's going to become part and parcel of who I am. This is taking Jesus' only belief to the next step. It's not simply believing in Jesus. It's allowing the Jesus you believe in to influence the way you communicate. It's allowing the Jesus you believe in to influence the way you conduct yourself in the world. 
I hope you can see this is kind of taking faith to the next step. I've started with only believing, but now my only believing is infiltrating me. It's starting to affect me. It's like my diet. It's like my diet is affecting what comes out. So the belief I have about Jesus is starting to affect what comes out. And if the belief I have about Jesus is that, uh, is that he is angry at me or that he is an extension of the vengeance of God or that he's going to come and make you know, square th- accounts, then I'm going to talk to you that way. Eventually, I'm going to talk to you that way. I'm going to judge you that way. I'm going to conduct myself with you that way because the Jesus I believe in becomes the Jesus I speak. It becomes the Jesus I talk out. And it happens because that's the Jesus I've wrestled with. I believe, then I speak. So it starts, you can point to your head, you can point to your heart. The Bible doesn't really make that big of a difference between those two. We do. But out of that, I start to speak what it is that I believe. Here's one more. We're going to land and we're going to preach because we're just setting it up right now. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says this, For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him until that day, or as the old King James says, against that day. But what I really want you to see is in the middle of the verse. I know whom I have believed. I think old King James says, I know in whom I have believed. But notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say in any of your translations, I know what I believe in. Because Paul isn't bragging about what he believes. Paul, this is the last thing we have of Paul. Second Timothy is the last letter. Paul's about to die. One of the last things he said on his way out is not, hey, I figured this out. Here's what I believe in. No. But rather, I've put all my confidence in whom I believe. When we assert I believe in, we are not asserting the things we believe in. We are asserting the one that we believe in. Whether we assert it as I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in these not as things, but as God. Not as ideas that I've formed but as a person that I've met. This takes us from a Christianity of thought and ideology to a Christianity of experience and revelation. And I'm afraid that I have met a lot of people who have, an, who have a Christianity of thought and a Christianity of ideology. Like they know the principles of Christianity. They know the moral codes of Christianity. But we haven't fallen in love with the Jesus of Christianity, with God the Father of our Christianity with the Holy Spirit, our daily companion. And this is why we get in arguments of moral codes and what's right and what's wrong without actually talking to him, without spending time with him, without knowing what his voice sounds like. Because if all we have is the things we believe in, then we've got stuff to argue about on paper. But if we have the who we believe in, then it's not a matter of arguing about it. It's a matter of following him. And if we spent as much time following the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we did arguing about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit or the expressions of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit or what morality looks like or how people ought to live and all the stuff, if we spent as much time on following the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't, maybe we wouldn't have as much time to believe in the things that we believe in. You know where this manifests itself really well? Ask the average Christian what they believe in down there. What do you guys believe in down there at that church? And it won't take but about 20 seconds into their response that they'll start telling you the stuff they don't believe in. Because they find that it's not very easy to express what they believe in, but it sure is fun to express what they don't. So they love to tell you, well, I can tell you what we don't do. And then they'll list off all this stuff they saw on the news that they heard some other churches were doing or that they heard other theologies were talking about. Because very quickly what I believe in just becomes a bunch of stuff I can list off that I think other people believe in that I think is probably of the devil. What I know we don't believe in is this, 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 and this. Because it's really easy to rally around the stuff that 
we don't believe in. And that's because for a lot of us, our faith is we haven't wrestled past stuff. And until we wrestle past stuff, we can't land on who. So ignore the question when someone says, what do you believe in down there? Shift it. Well, it's not a matter of what I believe in, but I know in whom I have believed. I can tell you who we believe in down there. I can tell you that we, we very much believe that God is our father. And that he loves us the way a perfect father would love his children. All of us wayward children. All of us faulty, failed, prodigal living, hog slopping kids. I didn't say pointing at all the other people in our church. I said, let's just claim it. I know we believe in a father that loves all of us wayward kids who keep falling down in the mud. And he loves us. And, And we believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And man, let me tell you about Jesus. We've been talking about the Jesus I've met and the experience that I've had with Jesus and how I've fallen in love with just the sound of his name and how I love to read the stories about him. We love to talk about what he would say and what he did and what challenges he gave to his disciples and what challenges he invites us into. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the ever-present parakletos that stands alongside of me and helps me through my stuff, that holds my hand in my darkness and never allows me to be an orphan. That's who we believe in. And and I know that'll cause cause you to have to work a little bit, but welcome to the faith. Faith is a little bit of work. I know in grace we go, faith is works free. No, 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 no. Faith involves you working out what it is you believe. And what it is you believe is who it is you believe in. And so faith is not merely the ascent that God is there. I believe in He's up there, and someday I'm going to go be with Him. That might be the primitive understanding of it, but faith is much, much greater than this. So Jesus calls you to believe. Paul says, if you believe, you'll speak it. And then Paul finally lands on, here's what I do know, that the, whatever the day is that's coming, whether that day is individual for me or whether that day is some corporate judgment, against that day, I'm confident in whom I believe. That he's got me in that day. Do you fear the judgment? Not at all. Why? Because I know in whom I have believed. And I'm confident that I'll stand with him in the day of judgment and that I'll stand as him. That as he is, so am I in this world. I get to stand there with Jesus Christ on my side. Not because of my activities, but in spite of them. (laughs) Not because I was good, but because I can't be good. So that Jesus stands on that side of my eternity because of whom I believe, not because of what I believe. So, oh, you guys believe that down there? That's, this stuff needs to stop. And we're so wrapped, it's so easy to wrap ourselves in that identity of what instead of who. I want this patch of the garden to be founded in the reality of whom we believe over what we believe. What we believe doesn't even mean anything if it can't be birthed out of in whom we believe in God the Father, in His Son Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. If we can't have our faith founded in whom, I don't care what you believe. Because I know a lot of people believe a lot of stuff that don't have a who. They just got a big old laundry list of stuff. Oh, and they got scriptures. They got scriptures, man. Pages of scriptures. Pages of verses for what we believe. And 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 I don't want to indicate at all that I don't think what I believe matters. Because listen, I live in the world of what I believe. I mean, I I live in it every day. Like, I got to work on what I believe, you know. I got to work on how to present it. I got to work on how to say it. I live in the world of what I believe. But I've learned that I can get lost in the world of what I believe. And I can't get lost and overwhelmed in who I believe. In fact, one of the things that helps bring me back is when I get real wrapped up in what I believe, I got to answer questions, got to put forth this, got to record this, got to do that, got to answer that, got to square this little theology away, got to take care of that. And I can do a lot of that to bring me back to a place of, oh, I got to go back to who I believe. So that's why you guys will see, you might watch some stuff I put out and then you'll notice, man, every, you know, so many weeks, man, he'll just land on one of those Jesus-centric just going crazy with Jesus messages. It's Jesus. Ever I had a guy call me last week from out of state and he said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, um, just wanted to thank you. He said, I was listening to a sermon this week 
and you talked about Jesus 350 times. <laughs> he said, I went to church the next weekend and I heard Christ once at the last prayer of the whole service in two hours when they said, in Jesus' name we pray. He said, I looked for Jesus from the opening song until the final word of the sermon and all I got was in Jesus' name right at the end. Now that's not some kind of comparison like we nailed it and they missed it, but the point is, is it was a stark contrast because a lot of times we're just hearing what we believe instead of whom. So what happens with me is I go back to who? I got to go back to who and just go, I got to get back to, let's just, let's just go, let's just open our mouth up here today in this message and let's just go Jesus crazy. Let's just pour some Father in. Let's pour some Jesus in. Let's pour some Holy Spirit in. Because that's really the only impactful thing that has mattered. Because see, I've been all over the map with what I believe. <laughs> I've shifted gears on what I believe. I've, I believe that. And then I went with that pretty hard. And then I you know, oh, hit that. Oh, get rigged over here. And, and what, 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 what. But the foundation has been Christ. Christ and Him crucified, raised from the dead. That's, that's been it from the, from the day that I met Jesus as a little boy, Christ. To go back to that foundation. Paul said, let the foundation stone be Christ. Let every man be careful what he builds on top of that. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Whatever it is you build on top of it will, will go into the furnace of God's fire. And your soul will be saved in the end, but what shouldn't come out won't come out. And so I just I go to the Lord and say, I got a bunch of ideas. I got a feeling a couple of them are straw. I might have a silver nugget in there, too. So let's put all this in the furnace. And if the silver nugget is what I think it is and it survives, then we'll, we'll work on that. But burn that other junk out to, to where, I, you know, show me. And this is the process of reform that I call repentance. That's changing your mind about who you are and changing your mind about that direction. So let me walk you through this for just a second. We can jump back into the Second Timothy passage. There's a few levels of beliefs, and I, I, I want to stay here for just a moment to try to, since we did three scriptures, I want to do three, three basic points, okay? Um, first of all, I think there are levels to our belief. I don't mean good faith, bad faith. I'm not trying to say one person believes right, the other person believes wrong. No, that, that would undermine everything we just talked about. Of course, all of us believe something that's wrong. Thank you for the rousing round of amens. Um, but the truth is, is that you believe something that's wrong. Now, I didn't say just about the Bible. I mean about life in general. Like you got some theory that's just off the wall dumb. Okay, again, not a rousing round of amens because none of us really want to admit that. But it's true at the end of the day, there's something we really believe that's kind of stupid. And it's not real, but we kind of believe it. And we're willing to get into a little, you know, vocal spat about it once in a while. Um, the truth be told is that we all have the ability to be wrong. Okay, that, maybe that lands a little softer, right? Because if we all have it, we can amen it. It's just whenever it's me, I'm not going to amen that. We all have, oh, let's try this. The guy sitting next to you is wrong about some stuff. Amen. There we go. I knew you had it in you. I knew you had it in you. So you can readily admit, the guy next to me, this guy, he's got some dumb ideas. I'll admit that with you, and, I, and I'll be the guy with some dumb ideas, as long as you'll admit that maybe you have some too. But we'll land on what we can get. All right. Land on what we can get. So the, the truth is the beginning basis of I believe is really I think so. That's my point. The beginning of I believe is I think so. Um, I think some stuff. We'll say something like this guy thinks. This guy thinks. And then insert crazy conspiracy theory here. You know, this guy thinks this. Uh, we sure would like for him to know the truth, you know. Um, but we all have them. Those are, those are the I think so's. Um, I think so versus I know so. Okay. At the, at the very core, that's the beginning of faith. Because faith is what you believe in. What you believe in, who you believe in, right? You got to start there even with Christianity, with I think so. When we introduce people to Christ, we're introducing people maybe to a brand new concept that defies reality. You guys believe in a guy that lived 2,000 years ago. You, you think this guy lived 2,000 years ago, died three days later, resurrected from the dead, and then disappeared into the heavens, and then you claim 
came back in the form of the Holy Spirit to live inside of the rest of creation. You go, well, if you say it that way, you make it sound, you make it sound crazy. That's the beginnings. That's the core beginnings of our faith, right? I mean, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. I believe there was a man named Jesus who died on a cross, and I believe rose again on the third day. And I believe lives inside of what he called his body. He called it that, his body, the temple. He said, tear this thing down three days, I'll rebuild it. Well, he did. Notice I said he did. Not he's doing, he did. Three days later, he rose from the dead, boom, there's his body. And everyone that comes to faith in Christ goes into his death so he can be raised up in his life. And that resurrection begins now. That's the, that's the start. We've tried to circumvent meeting that man by dropping in ways to, to get people all the way to a, a prayer. You know, like we want to get you to a sinner's prayer so we can dunk you into baptistry. Because if we can get you to a sinner's prayer and dunk you into baptistry, we can count you as one of the saved. And so, introducing you to Jesus by getting you to think first and then hoping you'll experience him, well, that might take a while. So let's just jump straight to, you're going to burn in hell, wouldn't you like to miss hell? If you'll say yes to Jesus, you can miss hell. So we jump straight, we don't, I, a lot of times we don't even preach Jesus to people. We preach Jesus as the way out of what's going to happen to you. We don't preach Jesus as life. Amen. We preach Jesus as an escape. Yep. So like you're destined to be messed up, but I'm going to introduce you to someone who can keep you from being messed up. Wouldn't you like to know him? The truth is just say the prayer and then we'll let you know him. Yeah. That, I mean, because that's the gospel presentation. Say the prayer, get dunked, then we'll help you to know him. Yeah. And by the way, don't worry about knowing him. He's a great guy. He's a great guy, and he thinks a lot like you do already. He would vote the way you vote. He acts the way you act. He'd talk the way you talk. I mean, you fit right in. You get to do most of the stuff you're doing now. You just got to say this prayer. Can you see what we've circumvented believing in whom by just start with this. Let's just, just graduate past all the stages of belief. Let's don't worry about actually wrestling out, wrestling out believing. We do that, and then we do it to our young people, and then when they go off to university or they go off to life and they get confronted, and all they had was a version, they never, maybe they never met Christ. They never one time had to wrestle with their actual belief in whom. They just had a bunch of stuff. They just had a bunch of what, but no who. And then all the what gets knocked down. And then they instantly are done. And the only thing that we'll do then is blame the system of the world. Like they sudden, like the system of the world suddenly went dark. It was always dark. We were supposed to be raising lights in the middle of the dark, but we sheltered the light so much they never actually met the whom. They just had a bunch of the what. And then when people knock down the what with argument, there's no whom left. I know in whom I have believed. So how do we get from I think so to I know whom? Because that's a big jump. That's a big jump from I think so to I know whom. And I think the worst thing we can do is try to bring the child to birth without letting it go through the stages of pregnancy. So I think the worst thing we can do is reach back here at I think so. Hey, just don't worry about that. Just say the prayer. Get dunked. Join the church. Sign up for a trip. Buy a t-shirt. Come to Bible study. You're in. And we took them from, I don't know, I just now thought about this to, do you know who you believe in? And I think if we would allow people to wrestle their faith, to go through the stages of wrestling out, not just what I believe, but whom I believe. Do you know what's happened in this space, whether you realize this or not? And for some of you, you've been on this journey a long time. You've arrived where you've arrived tonight because you went from I think so to I know in whom I believed. It just took you a while to get there. You just kept hearing him, hearing of him, hearing of him, hearing of him, encountering him, seeing him, feeling, experiencing, knowing, until you began to believe. Until you were like Thomas, who reaches out and touches Jesus' nail-scarred hands and spear-pierced side, pulls his hand back and says, My Lord and my God. That you go from there he is to touching I don't mean physically, you're not physically touching, but, to, but for that part of you that can believe on him to reach out and touch who he is. So we go from, I think so, and then from I think so, 
if we'll let people go through this battle, I'm saying all this to you saying this is going to take patience. Okay. It's because it's easy when you've met Christ and you know in whom you believe to look back on people who are going to walk into this group that are just at the, I think so. That's all they are. You want to come down here and worship with us? Yeah, I think so. They're going to walk in with nothing more than I think so. And the temptation is going to be to drag them from I think so to come on, man, get, get in. And you don't get the plant from the little sprout came out of the ground today. Tomorrow we're harvesting fruit. It just don't work that way. Like you can want it to, it's just not going to happen. And if you pull on it, squeeze and stretch, go, this will help. Let's get them there. You just kill it. Premature birth. And, and it's what we're doing a lot of times when we don't let people wrestle their faith. And so from I, from I think so to I know in whom I believe is a journey. But from I think so, we go into a stage that's a little bit like conviction. Personal conviction. I believe that. I believe that God is this way. I believe that God is that way. I believe that's a step up. Because if you go from, hey, have you ever heard of Jesus? I don't know. I, I think maybe he's real. To, I believe that God is like this. Well, you've at least started to wrestle with your faith. And a lot of us had bad ideas about God. I believe God's mad. I believe God's ticked off. I believe God wants me to do this. I believe God that. We all had that. In fact, we all still have that. There's some areas of our faith that's undeveloped. Because they've not really moved past convictions. Convictions are great. In fact, have them. You just don't impose them on everybody else. Part of our issue is that we've, in, we've imposed our convictions on everyone else instead of just having convictions. Like, I have a conviction about this. I believe that. I should do this. And we like to then go, well, if I should do it, everybody should do it. And then we turn it into a doctrine. I believe that I should do this. Let's start a church where this is what we do. Right? That's easy to do, guys. It's easy to do. Much more difficult is to allow people to work those convictions as we keep introducing the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Why does Jesus say at the end of Matthew, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Was Jesus encouraging mass baptism? I don't think so. Baptism is part of the journey. It's part of the sacrament of the church. I believe very much in water baptism. Jesus was teaching the immersion of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on the audience. Go emerge. That's baptize. Go baptize. Go emerge. Go dunk the audience in the reality of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Saturate them in a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit. Don't saturate them in guilt, shame, fear, condemnation, works, and performance. That's the cheap way to get them to a commitment. Saturate them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, His Son, His Holy Spirit. What does that look like? And to me, that's the beautiful journey of the Word. Then the Word starts to come alive. The Word is not about me. The Word's about Him. If I can then continue to teach the Word as if it's about Him, what starts to come alive is the reality of not what I believe, but whom I believe. And I can then begin to go from what I believe to who I believe. Say, I don't have... Because what starts to happen is we go, I don't have that figured out. I don't have that little fine point figured out. I'm not really sure how to answer that question. Man, I believe in Jesus. And I don't have that. I don't know what, how that's going to go down. I'm just going... But boy, I know the Holy Spirit's at work in me. I don't understand how to answer that question. I'm not really sure about that point. But I believe God's a good father. You see the difference? And as we're starting to then wrestle that out, we move on to conviction. So like I, I, at the end of the day, conviction's not the finality of faith, though. Okay, let me give you an example. I believe, I believe that the garden will grow. That's my conviction. I believe that the garden will grow as the Holy Spirit moves, inspires, builds, stretches, gentle rain falls, the sunlight of his love zones. I believe it will grow. That's a conviction. I'm not going to hang my hat on it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to put my faith on it. Like, I'm going to lose my faith if it doesn't work that way. Because you don't, you don't hang your faith on your convictions. Like, you don't hang your faith on the stuff you believe in. You hang your faith on the one you believe in. So, like, if the stuff doesn't work, 
See, this is where, this is where we, we mess up too, is we put our whole faith in doing things or we put our whole faith in our convictions and then when things don't work out, our faith falls apart. Because we had grown our faith from I think so to I know so to I believe in this and when this fails, we fall apart. The church doesn't work out, we're done. That ministry I followed, that dude was a fake, I'm finished. Um, you, you understand what I mean? Convictions in things and people and stuff is not I know in whom I believe. So, but it's part of the process. It is part of the process. It goes from I walked in this door and I, I didn't believe any of this. Now I believe in what you guys are doing. Oh, well, you're coming along. It's not the end of your faith. Oh, please, if you stop there, we're going to let you down. You know what I mean? That, like, that's not going to work. That's believing in, but it's not believing whom. But then as I wrestle my faith out, I believe in, and that becomes more of trust because we've made a decision. Here's what I believe. <laughs> if you speak of whom you believe or of what you believe, just listen. Most people will tell you what they believe in. Because ours is a speaking faith, and I, I'm, I'm trying to say this properly without sound. This is not, I'm not trying to put everybody in a black and white camp, left and right, whatever. But for the most part, what, what comes out of our mouth in many ways really shows what we are feeding on and what we believe in. Okay, so most of the time, if you just let people talk about whatever they want to talk about, they'll tell you what they believe in. Like you don't even have to ask them any questions. Just kind of wind them up and let them go. What has been discouraging for a lifelong churchy like me, because I'm a lifelong churchy, I was raised in this. What's been discouraging is to, to watch the church of my adulthood change a lot from the church of my youth into a place where if you wind up most of the believers and just let them talk, it almost always tilts political, governmental, or ideological. And you can go, well, at least ours are right. And it's not a matter of you've got the right politics, the right idea, the right governmental structure. It's the fact that we're in an environment of whom we believe and it takes forever to get to him. Because if you let people talk, they will show you what they believe in. So they'll talk enough about the stuff they believe in that will show you what's most important. Okay, what am I supposed to do with that information? Self-check at the altar of repentance. That's all you can do with it, is self-check at the altar of repentance. To go, Father, I want what comes out of my mouth to be an accurate reflection of whom I actually believe in. So I want to be with you enough in your presence to where what comes out of me over the long haul begins to reflect more and more about what I believe. So that what comes out will be the belief in a God of love, in a God of mercy, in a God of of repentance because listen we can fake anything for a service we can put together a well-crafted sunday morning and fake anything for visitors for people that are walking in and never heard anything and this happens all the time but over time what we believe in who we believe really does come out in what we are in our everyday conversation as it must if it's going to transform lives. And so when Paul says, we believe, therefore we speak, what he's saying is, is what I hear you say tells me what you believe in. It tells me, and, and we don't have to take it to the point of, if someone says something negative, we rebuke them and say, we don't say anything negative. I'm not, I'm not talking about policing sentences, <laughs> policing words. I'm talking about what comes out of me is a reflection of the God that I believe in. What comes out of me is a reflection of who I believe. Let me show you this again in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Remember we read verse 12. Let's reread it, but let's don't stop there. Let's put 13 with 12. For this reason, 
I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. So think about this. I know whom I've believed in verse 12. Hold fast to what you believe in 13. How do you hold fast to what you believe? In faith and love in Christ Jesus. Even in what you believe, what you believe is grounded in whom you believe. See that? What I believe is grounded in whom I believe. If what I believe is not grounded in whom I believe, then what I believe might just be what I'm wrong about. Because you said amen that your neighbor's wrong about something. Remember? So short of admitting that you were, let's just say, what I believe needs to be grounded in whom I believe because if it's not, then I'm going to be wrong like him. <laughs> because I'm open to being wrong about a bunch of stuff, but if I'm going to have a shot at, the, at presenting it, it needs to be grounded in whom I believe. I'm going to wear you out with Jesus. All right? I'm just going to tell you, we're going to wear you out with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because to me, that's what the body of believers is all about. Because you can go hear about everything else anywhere else. You can go hear sports, politics, the weather, theory, history, medicine, science, everywhere else. Where are you going to go and hear about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? That's who we believe. All that other stuff might be what you believe. That can be fine. But let what you believe be grounded in who you believe so that what you believe has some roots. What, what's the roots? Let the roots be better than so-and-so said so. Let the roots be better than this YouTube, YouTuber I watch said this. Let the roots be better than brother pastor so-and-so wrote a book and said so-and-so and such-and-so. Let it be better than that. And, and, I'm, and I've written books. And I don't want what you to believe to be rooted in my stuff. It's not who believes it. That's why I believe it. It's I believe what I believe because of whom I believe it about. This is how Jesus becomes the template for how you read God. What do you think about God? And people will tell you what they think about God. Most people are glad to tell you what they think about God. Even if it's negative. Especially if it's negative. What you believe about God is going to take a back seat to who you believe about God when Jesus becomes the picture of God. So then what you believe about God will be filtered through the who you believe about God. Because what have we told you many times? Jesus is the expression of the Father. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. What did God used to look like? Jesus. What does God look like now? Jesus. What will God look like in a thousand years? Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for a long, long time, people didn't know that God looked like Jesus until Jesus came. And even when Jesus was here, people on the earth didn't know that that's what God looked like because they already had God in their mind didn't look like Jesus. Jesus has to convince you that this is what God looks like. That's working on your faith. You think God might be that way, and then you meet Jesus. And then your think goes from think to conviction. Your conviction goes from conviction to convinced. And convinced becomes not my ideology, not what I believe in, but the who I believe in is Jesus. And all the other stuff is rooted in that. So then I got some things I can say about God because I've got Jesus as the root. Then I got some things I can say about society or what's going on in the world. But Jesus is my root, not a politician, not a constitution, not a conviction. Jesus. Jesus becomes my root to the point that I get, you'll get to where everything will come back to. Does it look like Jesus? Where can, I, where can I see this in Jesus? I don't care how convicted you are about what you think is going on that's God. If I can't find it in Jesus, I'm not going to jump on your... This will start happening to you. People will go, I think God's doing this. And you'll pause and you'll go, did Jesus do it? And you'll run through your Gospels and you'll go, Jesus didn't give people leprosy he didn't cause a hurricane to destroy cities he didn't okay I, I, i'm sorry you guys feel the way you feel about god i just can't see that in jesus 
I mean, you can feel however you want to feel. I'm not going to throw rocks at you. I just don't see that in Jesus. You see what's happened there? What I believe is rooted in who I believe. If we get this the other way around, and most of us came up through Christianity that gave you what to believe so that you could meet who you're going to meet. What we believe here at this church, what we believe, 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 not whom. I believe in God the Father Almighty and Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of things about those things that I believe, but at the end of the day, I believe in a God who loves me, a Jesus who died for me, who rose on the third day, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, who's coming again to judge the living and the dead. Yes, I believe that about him. Let me close with this thought. Um, in the creed, there's the individual expression, I believe in God the Father. But we express it in the corporate. And why that's important is this. Inside of our corporate faith is the individual ability to believe. We never, because of the freedom given to us in Christ, we've never lost our individual ability to believe. It is not just that I'm in a group and we believe this. It is I believe this within a group. And so there's, there's a lot of things about my Christian faith that there might be a lot of things that if we parsed out little individual things that we may not agree on. Personally, I'm okay with that. Okay? Like, you might have a different idea about eschatology than I do. You might have a different idea about baptism than I do. You might have a different idea about um, the communion ceremony than I do. Okay. These are what we believe. Um, but we know in whom we believe. The reason that for 2,000 years, nearly 2,000 years, we've been, creed, we've been confessional Christians is that we confess in whom we believe, even if there's little things about it that we're not quite sure of. But we confess who we believe in in spite of the differences in some of the little things that we disagree with because the little things that we might disagree with do not in any way affect in whom we believe. And really, if we would raise young people in the atmosphere where they were allowed to question and sharpen the sword of their faith in, a, in an atmosphere of people who accepted them and where they were allowed to believe different things in the midst of believing in the same Jesus, we'd have stronger young people. But we, we can't strip away their ability to have an individual belief because we're afraid they'll they'll disagree in a, a point about what we believe. Let us be so concentrated in whom we believe that we don't have to worry about that. The corporate, the corporate faith is then expressed in communion as well. I'll give you an example. You and I participate corporately in the Eucharist. That's the old word for Thanksgiving. Well, we participating in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus, we're thanking God primarily for the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His body broken for us, His blood shed for us. According to Jesus, His body broken on our behalf, His blood shed for the new covenant. So that we enter into the fullness of what Jesus sacrificed at Calvary, body and blood. We do that, you individually do it inside of us doing it, Right? Like, we're going to do that together, but you're individually entering into that. Your individual faith in it is fine and important, and I encourage you to exercise your faith. But I also want to tell you that one of the reasons why we take communion is because we represent more than me. So I bring my faith to communion. Larry brings Larry's faith to communion Josiah brings Josiah's faith to communion. I may not believe for or even know what to believe for, but I participate with the only faith I have, mine. And the I in the middle of the we 
participates, but the faith of we, because we participate together. Why is communion and community the same thing? <laughs> On purpose. Why is communion and community communicate? On purpose. Because the community communicates the covenant of God together as we participate. Our creeds, our confession is the same thing. It's me participating with my faith in the middle of a creed that he believes parts maybe that I don't, but it's the whom we believe that matters. So I got stuff I'm struggling to believe for, but I, I'll tell you what I do believe in. I believe in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. I might not have it all nailed, but I believe in the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus, but I may not believe it in the way that Mark does or Julia does. And you know who I want to take communion with then? Mark and Julia. That's my point. That's, you know why I want to get to church this weekend? They're going to take communion. You go, well, big deal. You can take communion at home. Oh, yeah, but you don't understand. You ought, to, you ought to be around the family. I want to take communion. I mean, I want to take communion with Daryl. I, I want to take communion with Tasha. I, 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 do you understand what I mean? And, and, and I know I'm using, this is the beautiful thing to me about communion is we get to use this physical right to see something that's actually spiritually happening all the time. I want to see Jesus in Mark. I want to be there because I want to see the Jesus in Mark because I need the Jesus in Mark because I'm suffering and I know I, I, I need, I'm struggling and I know that there's a Jesus in Mark that I need to be a part of. Oh, I have my individual faith, but thank God for the we, not just the me. See that? Understand that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for what you're doing with our faith. I thank you for the fact that faith is not something that is like flipping a light switch on, but it's something that we wrestle with, that we work with, that Jesus said only believe, that Paul said when we believe we'll speak, that Paul ends up with I know in whom I believe. That Father, we believe a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's whom we believe. Give us the patience in this group to walk with people who go from I don't know to I think so to I believe that to I believe in to I know in whom I believe. Give us the patience to deal with that because remind us that all of us are somewhere on that journey in something. We still got some I think so's and most of it is wrong. And we've got hopefully a little bit more of us, a little bit more of our lives that says I know in whom I believe. I thank you for this group because I know in whom I believe, but I know there's some stuff about you that I don't see quite right, but I get to see it in Larry's eyes. I could name every person in this room that I've had any kind of community with for the last few years and be honest and say that I've learned some things about who I believe because I know that person. Thank you. I'm very excited that that might get to happen a thousand times over. I'm excited that you are honing belief every moment of every day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.